Welcome everyone to the 21st episode of the New Gen Mindset Podcast. I'm Dan Cozell here with Nick Tartaglia. And uh, Nick, we've got a very special guest here with us today. Yeah, it's been, uh, I've been actually following Riz for a while on his Instagram page. It's, I, it's fun to watch people do something different, especially on Instagram platform and social platform, which is why I respect it. And I love your, 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 your stuff because, you know, you get, you get more capital critical insight before more a millennial perspective, you know, and it's more engaging. It's more entertaining. It's more intellectual. It's deeper and it's more interesting. And also I, it, the engagement is much more personal than the traditional route. So using Instagram and stuff like that, I, it's something I'm trying to do on my own thing. So I get it. And it's, it's fun to have him here. So the gentleman that we have here is an absolute beauty. Um, Rizwan Memon, founder and president of Riz International. He's a verified professional seven-figure trader and provides financial guidance and insights to millions across the globe. I can attest to that because I've taken his master course. Welcome to the New Gen Mindset Podcast, Riz. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. Thanks, Nick, for having me. It's, uh, it's a pleasure being on. So I think what we're going to start off with, because you've got three gentlemen right here, or two guys, three guys right now that just love the stock market, but um, walk us through your story. And I know that I, I've spoken to you in the past. I'm was so intrigued by like what value you were bringing to the, to, to, to your, you know, your clients, your followers, your whole Instagram base. But when you started, I think you were 16 years old, right? When you first made yes. your first trade. Yes, Dan. Yes. Um, uh, good memory. Uh, yes, you're on the money. I was about 16 years old, give or take. I can't remember the exact month, but 16 at that time meant uh, 2008. Right. And I started at that time. It was, I remember it was the beginning of 2008 because not the world hadn't completely, the financial system hadn't completely collapsed. It was building, it was buzzing. There was something going on. And obviously I was too new to figure out. I just wanted to get my start. Um, so yeah, I started, placed my first trade in the beginning of 2008. As I know, and we all know in hindsight, um, the markets continued to drop, leading as 2008 continued and the low. Uh, in the S&P 500 at that time was actually March 2009. So I remember that very clearly. That was the bottom at that point, right? Kind of like how we had the bottom in um, 2020, this market uh, crash, very different. Uh, but we had this one, I think the bottom was maybe, I think uh, March, April, April, something like that. Yeah. Right? I don't March remember. It took, about, it took about almost two weeks, two or three weeks to hit the complete bottom. Yeah, exactly. So it's crazy because I was buying as this, this bottom came in, I didn't pick the bottom. Obviously, I can't pick the bottom. Yeah, of course, of course. But of course. I was scaling in. I remember this very uh, vividly as the world ended. And I'll, and, and I'll get back into how I started and whatnot, because I'm sure you guys and everyone else and the listeners are interested in how does someone get into, how do they start? Um, but before I do, I want to give a little tidbit. And around March time, I remember when the world really was, uh, and that's what it seemed like, because let's face it, I don't know about you guys, but I have not lived through a pandemic. I haven't traded through a pandemic. Um, I haven't even read uh, much about pandemics until, you know, no. March and a little bit before it just happened to be that I did some reading on it. But beyond that, I hadn't studied it. I hadn't looked into, you know, viruses and mutagens and, and all these things. So when it happened, I got very, very engrossed in it. Obviously, it was a very different time. And I realized, look, the world is at a precipice. It's at a tipping point. It's yeah. at a point where 
either we will all get through this. There's going to be a catastrophe. There's going to be a lot of collateral damage, but yeah. either we all get through this. Okay. Relatively um, unscathed. Again, many, many, many hundreds of thousands, millions of people have been impacted, but if we get through it, great. If we don't get through it, then guess what? The worst result, the worst result is nothing matters anymore. So yeah, I was telling people, whether it's on social media or on my YouTube videos, webinars, and in my uh, elite membership, I said, look guys, if you invest now, okay. Yeah. The market's down 25, 30% very, very rapidly. We know it was the largest, fastest drop yeah. um, since the early 1900s. Okay. So I said, look, a 30% haircut in the market in two weeks is one of the most violent drops I've ever seen in my life. I traded through 2008, invested more so as a beginner, um, but that was nothing compared to this. And I said, look, I think this is a good point to start entering, scaling in, mm -hmm. in various different companies. And I said, can it go lower? Sure. Many people are like, Riz, this is going down lower. It's going down. We, you know, I'm going to get 50%, then I'm going to get in. I said, okay, you know, you do you. Um, but I started scaling in, told my uh, uh, members to scale in, and they were like, but why now? Why? I mean, we, it's only going to get worse. I said, yes, but the market is forward looking. Yeah. And two, we're not going to get the bottom, but that's okay. Think of it this way. If we start now, we start deploying capital productively now, what does that mean? That means perhaps it goes lower. We can add more. But if it continues to recover, we'll be laughing all the way to the bank. We can potentially make some of the most amount of money, me and others included, in this year than yeah. ever before. Yeah. Okay? And that has, that has been true. Up yeah, exactly. It literally panned out. And, um, and I said another thing, and I still remember that. I think I'll probably take this to my grave. And I said this. I said, if you invest now and the world recovers, when you put your money into the market, you are betting on America. You're betting on whatever country and whatever marketplace you're betting on capitalism. You're betting on a recovery, maybe not this year, maybe not next year, but you're betting on a recovery. And if that happens, you'll do really well. If that doesn't happen, if the world collapses, it won't even matter. Yeah, it won't exactly. matter what Microsoft talks about. Your dollars will be useless. Your Canadian dollars, your US dollars, your, you know, your anything. Anything will be useless. It doesn't matter if it's your Turkish lira, if it's your Indian yeah. lira, it doesn't matter. Everything will be useless. So what do you have to lose? And exactly. that's the way I framed it. And the moment I framed it that way, it became a lot easier for me to digest, but also a lot of others to sort of get that kick and push to say, you know what? 30% drop, the market is down 30%. Many stocks were down more, 40, 45%. Companies had nothing to do with a pandemic, things like Facebook, for example, was one specific that I bought um, and nothing to do with the pandemic, but it was down 30, 35% yeah. easy. And here we know, you know, all time highs. Uh, and, you know, we're sitting here in the middle, a little bit after the middle of August. Um, so that was a little tidbit. I'll circle back and I'll say that I started when I was 16. Why? Mm, I realized maybe it was wisdom, maybe it was luck. I don't know that from a very young age, after seeing my parents slog, struggle, uh, I thought, look, the world is the way it is. I don't know if I want to chart my path the way the average person does, which is, you know, working, nothing wrong with working a job, nothing wrong with having a career, working hard. That's great. But I just didn't know if I was able to um, kind of accept that for myself. So I thought, okay, I'm studying. I'm going to go to, I was in high school, but I'm going to go to college. I'm not going to just drop out and become some trader. I never had that allure. I never had that in my head. I just wanted to see this construct, which is the market up and down, 
people are doing like talking about it. People are not talking about it on like TV. The internet was, you know, there obviously, but it wasn't like this now, you know, the original iPhone had just released the original iPhone um, with, with Steve Jobs. So like just thinking about that, it seems like a different world. It was the development of that mechanism of the capital market or economy, the infrastructure. uh, Yeah, absolutely. It's actually insane. It's 12 years ago, give or take. But to me, it seems like, 20, 30 years back, that's how fast the world, especially in North America, the Western world has progressed, um, how fast it's progressed. And really, I find it hard because like kids, you know, I, I, um, I recently just got married, um, actually three days ago. Congratulations. Uh, Congratulations. Thanks. Um, and, you know, my, fian- my wife's uh, nephew, he's like two, three years old and he's like, using his dad's iPhone and like swiping it. I'm like, are these kids born using this stuff? Cause like <laughs> born with a training manual, how are they doing this? When I first got the original iPhone, cause I got the original iPhone 3G is what it was. I was overwhelmed because I came from a flip phone. I was using a Motorola uh, SLVR, very similar to the Razor, but it wasn't a flip one. Uh, it was like a candy bar phone. And I'm like, I know I, this is too much like swiping and touching and clicking. I'm not used to this. And I had a hard time, but kids nowadays are, are literally born knowing how to use these things. Uh, it blows my mind how fast things are progressing, right? Um, and that's where we are now. I realized that the resources, the access, you and I are be able to see each other, talk to each other real time. I could not do this. I had no one to learn from. I had no webinars, no courses, uh, no Instagram. Instagram wasn't there. Yeah. Uh, you know, Facebook was there, but it wasn't the powerhouse that it is now. You know, we could not get on this kind of stuff back in yeah. 2008, 2009 was for multi-billion dollar corporations. They had this kind of access, this kind of stuff. The, Cis- now, the Cisco's of the world. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. The old ones. Get Zoom for free. I mean, I like Zoom, but you can get it for, <laughs> for 45 minutes at a time. I don't like it, um, but there's many different softwares out there that anyone and everyone can use from their phone. You can do this on your phone. You can do this on a computer from anywhere. You have an internet connection. The internet is the life source of yeah. everything that we do uh, as a connective system in order to collaborate as a connective system. Like that's why look, I'm going to say it right now because I'm a very behavioral based person. I like to look and analyze things based from a behavioral component, the way I study the market, the way I study the system as a framework. And that's why I like to engage with all of your content because you put a psychology framework to a lot of your content. And I respect that because it's, it's like 90% of how I go about analyzing structures. I so I enjoy it very much. So this conversation is, and I'm it's, I'm seeing like, I, I, I like to get, I'm able to finally put a face to that mind that I get to see on the Instagram page. And I've wanted to have this conversation for a long time. So I'm happy you're here because it's, it's nice. It's nice to hear you. I appreciate that, Nick. It really means a lot. Um, I'm very passionate about what I do. And I'll tell you, it's been a long journey. I'm 29 now. I turned 29 in July. Um, it's been a very, very, I think landmark year has been a challenging year for everyone. Everyone's been impacted yeah. in some way. You know, I was supposed to get married in the beginning of the year. Um, we had to cancel everything. 450 people were supposed to come for the reception. Wow. Right. Um, I have my reception in two weeks now, but that's going to be a hundred people or so. Yeah. So good. But you know, like things change. It doesn't matter. You know, I, I, I bought a $350,000 car this year in mm-hmm. the midst of a pandemic. Um, why, you know, I asked myself why, and I just, you know why? Because I delayed gratification so long, so much. And I thought the world isn't the way it is in March, April. This is when I was thinking about getting 
um, you know, my car that I have now. And I was like, the world isn't the way it was three, four months ago. There's no telling it's going to be like this three months, four months later. I've done everything in my life that I needed to up until this point. Um, I'm very fortunate and blessed. Let me do something for myself. Um, You know, I'm getting married. That's a big milestone for myself. Um, But this is something that I I love. I love cars, love, you know, um, motorcycles, everything. So I tell people, look, the car doesn't matter. It means jack. Okay. A lot of people buy certain cars and they buy it on, you know, they show a lifestyle. It's not what I'm saying. It's for me. Um, whatever people make of it is secondary. I buy it because of myself. Um, so when you talk about, you know, putting a face to the, to the stuff behind the social media, behind the post, and when it comes to mindset, that's the mindset. There's always some mindset. There's always some psychology, some thought process behind everything I do, everything I've done, everything that's posted and shared. Um, so yes, I'm glad that you kind of look at it that way because not, not everyone does. They just look at it at face value. They think fancy car, let me trade so I can get fancy car. No, no. And, and, and they're not willing. They're not willing to put in the work too. Exactly. They're not willing right. to put in the work. They want the results. And many gurus play on <laughs> this, guru stuff, this yeah. car. Could I have financed it? Could I have leased it? Yes, but fuck that. I don't, <laughs> I'm not sure if swearing is. Um, no, no, go ahead. Um, but I said, no, I, I like sleeping better at night knowing that whatever I buy, I can buy it two or three times over. Um, so I just bought a cash and, and, it was a, it's not a financially good decision, but I said, you know what, screw it. Um, exactly. I think COVID, I think COVID kind of for Don, myself, yourself, I think COVID kind of had like a very retro perspective kind of moment for everybody. Cause you, you, it was very, first off, everybody was closed off. So it was very impersonal that you were not connecting with people face to face, but at the same time, you got to see everything going on in the world and how chaotic it was. So you just saw the crazy irrational behaviors of people on social media while everybody was like just sitting at home doing fuck all. And it was just chaos because it was just the mind got to indulge the wildest theories with no limits. The moment I realized that the world is absolutely a despicable place is when I saw in the midst of the pandemic, Ty Lopez ads on trading and investing. Okay. I saw that. I got sick to my stomach because this guy sells courses and programs. Meet Kevin. Do you know me, Kevin? And there's, there's a bunch of these like real estate gurus on all of a sudden during the pandemic, they start talking about evaluations yeah. and I'm, I'm buzzing. I'm going first off, I'm listening to his video. Like I'm going to, I'm going to watch the video. I'm going to see what, what the material he's referencing. Right. And it sounded like a ideologic type of thesis with no supporting industry variables, no fundamentals, no business analysis, no management analysis, no industry understanding, no economic outlook, no growth outlook. Like none of the principles you will look at. I'm like, I don't hear it. I don't hear it. Just theology. Oh, their cars are loved. People like this, their batteries are really good. You know, there's a momentum. I was like, okay, but you're, you're playing a dangerous game now. Yep. Yep. You're right. You're very much very right. And we, I mean, from speaking with you, um, I can understand that there's that kind of old school type of thought process. Unfortunately, when this day and age now, when markets have gotten to the point where any Tom, Dick, and Harry and their dog wants to be on Robinhood, whole brokerage account, it reminds me of, I think it was 2018 or something with the weed. Uh, when I used to be in banking, um, people would come to me, Riz, I want to open up a brokerage account. I'm like, have you traded before? Um, I'm like, 
you know, what's your, what's your, what's your experience level that you want to trade on your own? They're like, I have no experience. I work at a factory. This is an honest, literally honest, specific example I'm giving you. Um, I work at a factory with my guys um, and uh, I have never traded before, but the weed stocks are going crazy. So I want to open up a brokerage account so I can buy. The moment that happened, it didn't, wasn't instantaneous, but I knew, I knew this is it. Um, I had some weed stocks. I said, I'm getting the fuck out. There are some friends that I know that still hold. Um, just look at the price of CGC, ACB, so on and so forth. You know, hell, 2017 was like that too with end of Bitcoin in December. You won't believe this. I sold the BTC and ETH and all that stuff that I had in the end of 2017. I was going on a trip. Okay. It was December 26th, Boxing Day is when I left the country. And I, and I was like, just a few days before, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be away. I might not have internet for the next, you know, 10, 15 days. We're going into the new year. I just don't want to bother with this. I'm going to sell it. And BTC was around 20K, 19, 20K. And I got out then. I've never gotten back in. And look at where, where, where BTC and crypto is. Sure, it's made a good run the last uh, a couple months, but <laughs> it's just about half where it was before. So yeah. that's just contrast. That's what happened with wheat stocks. All the bag holders are left bag holding. Does that mean, you know, Tesla or Zoom or any other hype stock is going to be like that? Doesn't have to be. There is a there is precedent that it can, yes, right? There's I agree precedent. with that. Yeah, people just need to know going in that whether they buy Tesla, whether they buy Nikola, whether they buy whatever the hell else is out there, that if they're okay Kodak. using all of this, and I'm not saying Tesla's going to zero or so, but if they go in with the mindset that look, I'm buying something that's very speculative, I'm not buying it at the opportune time, I'm chasing because that's really what they are. And that can work. Chasing a momentum trade can work. That's literally what Tesla has been. You know, we've seen data and we see a lot of volume coming in from China. You know, the Chinese investor has also been buying Tesla. It's not just, let's face it, it's not just Robinhood traders. And a lot of people say, oh, it's Robinhood, you know, moving the markets. They miss a critical step. They miss the fact that Robinhood makes its money by routing orders to money, like, you know, let's say market makers and Citadel, different hedge funds, hedge funds that use quantitative uh, type of methods to get in and out hundreds and hundreds of thousands of times a day and making a couple of pennies, right? And when you do that hundreds and hundreds of thousands of times a day in not just one stock, but hundreds of different stocks, it's a lot of money. So that's what's happening. We have front running going on with these huge multi-billion dollar institutions. So it's not the direct Robinhood trader who's buying fractional shares um, that's moving the price. That's just a proxy, right? It's because that's happening. It's because these huge multi-billion dollar firms see the orders just before they hit the exchange. And now they're able to use their power, their money, their, their large quantities, large volume. And that's what we're seeing. We see that in Tesla. We see that all across the market. And if there's one sector that's notorious for this happening, it's tech. I mean, yeah, it's- 100%. I actually want to continue this particular discussion too, because you've obviously been in the markets uh, over, you know, it's 12 years now. Nick and I have been, you know, I started trading when the weed stock started like taking off yeah. as well. Four um, years, yeah, four years. There, there is, it is a psychology game. Uh, but you had just mentioned it too, right? There's a lot of institutional buying that's happening, right? So when you first started up until now, obviously there's been a massive shift with tech and stuff coming into, but where it, where do you think the biggest shift came from? And 
for you right now, what was, what, what did you do to adapt your strategy such that you could continue to succeed on your own level and obviously pass that on to other people as well? Yeah. Great question, Dan. So first thing first to address that question of yours in a couple parts, number one, what's changed the most in the markets over the last 12 years, a lot has changed, um, you know, institutional level of access is approachable and usable to the retail uh, trader. Back when I started, you know, I had to skip class when I was 17, 18. So a couple of years into my journey, I had to skip my college classes, go to the library because I didn't have data on my, on my, on my iPhone. Um, so I would have to go into class, uh, sorry, the library and then get on the computer and go on like Yahoo finance, stuff like that. There was no, um, you know, forum to just play, you know, talk about active trading, you know, trading commissions were still relatively high back then. 25 uh, bucks know. at least. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it wasn't a, an active trader's time at that point because getting data, getting real time data was a luxury. Now <laughs> it's forget it. Basic. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's a basic need. Before Access information. Yeah. I used to go on Yahoo Finance, get quotes for XYZ company, and it would always be 20 minutes to late. That's how I bought and sold. Um, again, I wasn't day trading or anything, but still to give you an idea now, how far things have come, you can get, you know, order book, you can get level two, you can get things that just were not possible before. So that's how markets have changed in one way, um, continuously and rapidly. You are now able to get stuff that was very much institutional grade. Uh, now it's disseminated for everyone. Yeah. Right. Uh, Two, one other thing that has changed since I would say 2008, and rightfully so, money has gotten cheaper. Um, we know the Federal Reserve, whether it's the Federal Reserve for the US or Bank of Canada or any other country, rates have come down. And in fact, just this year, they've gotten lower. They're very near 0% rates, right? Uh, and so, uh, you know, there's a whole talk about negative interest rates, but I won't go into that. But ultimately, we know money is cheap. Uh, they've also done a lot of, just this year speaking, they've done a lot of uh, stimulus, a lot of buying of corporate bonds, buying uh, treasuries, buying even junk bonds, doing all these things. The Fed, uh, I'm referring to the U.S. and the U.S. Yeah. market specifically because that's the kind yeah, of- Yeah, we entirely agree. We, it's, yeah, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, we, that's the blunt and the, that's the chunk of what I trade. Um, and that's what's kind of fueled this. And What's one sector that is immune, and I mentioned this in March, but it's true even now, what's one sector that's immune to coronavirus? Um, it's tech. And what's one sector that everyone already loved before? It's not just this year that's tech gone crazy. It's been many years. Amazon, Apple, Google, Facebook, they've been very large constituents of the index because the S&P 500 index is market cap based. They've been a large part. I think now they're about 16, 17% of weighting just these five FANG stocks, right? That's huge. So whatever happens to them will happen in the market. Yeah. It's only been exaggerated now this year. Um, it just happened to be that tech was the kind of the, the secure holding and everyone's piled into it. We call this on the institutional side, we call this a crowded trade. That's what this is. Can it continue to remain crowded? Absolutely. Um, do I see uh, a reversion to the mean? Do I see a normalization? I do. Uh, how long? Well, that remains to be seen. I don't see that happening this year, maybe next year. Uh, what we do need is we need some sensibility to come yeah. to the markets. It hasn't happened yet. I was hoping it would have. No sensibility has 
come to the markets, the markets are frothy. And part of me isn't surprised. I'll tell you why. What is the largest catalyst that we have this year uh, on the U.S. side? I think it's the election, right? Precisely. Precisely. That's, that's been the topic. I mean, that's what all the chaos is coming from, right? You see it on the news. Chaos. You see it everywhere. That's what everyone's talking about this year. Chaos, but in other words, also the norm. Think about it. Usually when we look at seasonality, when we look at data from previous years, when we go back 20, 30, 40, 50 years back, when we look at previous election years, and I said this to my trading uh, students, to my members, I said, in election years, there's a high probability of markets moving sideways. Okay, I even might have shared this on my IG as well, maybe in a story. Um, and that's what we're seeing. We're seeing the market recover, obviously, because the market is forward looking. It was very positive on a recovery of the coronavirus stuff. But now you see they're just moving sideways. It's been flat for the last two weeks. Yeah. yeah, you just have random poppers that are popping. Like the stock. Now there's a there's a new trend building, which is stock split trends. You know, Apple led it. Yeah. That started flying. Now yeah. Tesla announces it when it got to, it went all the way down to what? 1,003, 1,004 with a P of 740, 750. And then stock split announcement. Now it's been flying again. Now it exceeded over 2,000 today. And it's those of us that, you know, know what we're doing, that no market, we know that it makes no difference to the market cap. We know it makes no difference yeah. to the stock. Fundamentals. So happened, it moved, yeah. I think, 20, 30% now since the split <laughs> announcement. <laughs> if you would have told me this, with all due respect, I would have called someone a fucking moron if they told me that <laughs> a stock increases to 30%. Like, I'm still having a hard time accepting it. Oh, yeah. We all are. <laughs> <laughs> we we had an episode all about yeah, Tesla well, this craziness. Some fucking idiot out there, or thousands of them, <laughs> have made 30% yes. a week or two. And there's. Well, I haven't. Well, I haven't in Tesla. Okay. I'm not even bitter about it, but it's the fact. It's the fact that stupidity yeah, can still... makes money in the short term. I had a yeah. conversation with one of my friends and my team members, uh, one of someone I've also mentored over the years, and he's like, Riz, stupid people are making money and I'm losing money. I said, look, I get it. I get where you're coming from. It's a challenging environment now, um, but don't let that bog you down. Don't let that make you bitter. Um, it sucks. It's challenging. It's tough for those of us that have spent decades. You know, I spent... 13 years now um, doing this and seeing this is painful. It pains me seeing the amount of stupidity where a monkey can just throw a dart at a dartboard and make shit tons of money while I'm here. Oh, what's the valuation? Oh my God, look at the support and resistance and look at the Fibonacci level and <laughs> look at the market gap and look at the debt levels. I sound like a fucking moron when they should be the ones that sound like morons. So this is the nature. I'm okay with looking like an idiot. If it means I look like an idiot for the short term, I've seen this long enough. It's the war versus the battle. Exactly. And I know how this is going to end eventually. Am I okay looking like an idiot for a short term? Of course. Sure. If that means I get proven right in the long run, which I will. I have many times before my track record proves it. I'm still here. So I just learn to accept what's happening. I'm not happy about it, but I accept it. And then I just move with it. Right. You know, Dan, you asked how I've kind of, uh, sort of, I would say, transcended or changed as a trade over the years. That's what I've had to accept. It's been a tough lesson. Um, I've bet against uh, many companies like Zoom, Tesla, and lost money. You know, this is a fact. I've even done it publicly. I said, look, I traded this. I'm not like one of those people that shorted Tesla at like 700 and then hold it. No, you know, I've been in and out. Uh, but Tesla is one of those things that I stopped trying to make sense of. Uh, there right. are many companies like that. And accepting that, I think, 
is wisdom in this market. Um, I, I, I think so too, because it, it just shows you how insane, like you said, it's the sort of the herd at this point, or like the expression where the taxi cab driver is talking about, I'm yeah. buying Bitcoin now, right? So that's kind of the phenomenon. And we know as a fundamental, if you look at the cap structure, Tesla doesn't have a dividend. The moment there's a bad piece of news, the thing is coming down so hard, right? So we know that we know this and that's why we're like, okay, let these, we'll call them like the retail sheep or whatever we want to call them. Let them make the, the, the quick money really fast. They're going to end up getting burnt in the long, in the run. long run. Remember, yeah. remember this about life. If I may impart some philosophy and wisdom um, in the long run, things mean revert. If someone hitched a lottery and they were worth $50,000 last year and now they're worth a million. What are the odds that they're going to be continue to be worth a million after they won a lottery? Not very, very slim. Yeah. They may not be worth exactly 50,000 again, but it will mean revert. They may, their net worth may down go now go down to like 500. So that's mean reversion. That's a very crude and simplistic example, but that's mean but it's, And it's entirely driven by their psychology. Entirely yeah. driven. Their yeah. mindset, their framework, their financials, their behaviors, that is their, that is their medium. It's the outlier. So what I was just going to say before in terms of the Tesla, this, that is that traditionally the outliers were very few and odd and rare. So it was very hard to distinguish what was rational and irrational normally in the market. This has blown out of proportion what were traditionally was random outliers to be exponential outliers. They just don't. Yeah. It just, there's too many and they just don't stop going. When stupidity becomes on mass, that's when people like me, you know, we decide to sit back and watch and see where the chips settle. I made some of the most amount of money when the world was burning, Nick. Um, there's no, there's no secret. There's no, um, you know, kind of wizardry or pattern to that. I said this to people in the beginning of the year, guys, you know, start going a little bit more cash. The market's frothy, you know, valuations are frothy. This was the beginning of the year before coronavirus was anything. Okay. And I've said it before, there's, there's timestamps in my chat room, timestamps even uh, on social media, if I go in the archives. And on, ultimately, I was like, okay, look, hysteria was there. It's at a crazy level now, but it was always there. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that happens. We get periods, not periods of months. I mean, years of mass hysteria and mass fear. We're just in a world now where everything is faster. Everything is faster. People want to make money. Exponential faster. curve. That exponent. Everything is fast. Okay. People want that dopamine hit fast. No one wants to wait. No one wants to wait to buy something cash. Yeah. I live my life such that I have no debts. I have a nice house. I have a great family. I have, you know, these cars. I have whatever. I still have a simple life, but I have no debts, but the world doesn't work this way. It's moved on from fiscal responsibility to leverage. It's moved on to fast. It's moved on to here and now forget about later. That's the kind of bitter pill that we've all, or those of us that are more old school, um, have had to accept. Do I change my ways? Not really. I I continue to do what I makes me and helps me sleep at night. I think though, that's a reflection of a, like as a younger generation, as millennials, I think that as a generation that 
that new behavior that people are adapting because, well, long-term responsibility seems to be kind of forsaken now because everybody can kind of focus on short-term behaviors entirely because there's no consequence from the short, at least they don't feel it in the moment. So now as a generation, if this is how as a collective we operate, what does that mean when we think 20, 30 years down the line as a system, as a collective, it's a disastrous outlook. It's a scary thing. I'm glad you said that 20 or 30 year outlook and I'll tie that back in markets and I'll say this. I said this again publicly, everything I'm telling you now, I, I touched on before. And I say that the current federal reserve, the current monetary policy, it's based on protecting now, keeping assets, you know, stable, keeping businesses going, keeping the average consumer um, afloat. Okay. Why are they doing this now? They're literally robbing from the future 20 to 30 years, like you mentioned. That's what debt is. Now. It becomes our fiscal responsibility, but we're not adept and capable as a generation to even comprehend that, nor will those after us because we're so negligent on on long-term behaviors and thought process that we just want to consume and spend and party and hang out and smoke and drink and everything. Another thing about me, I never, never drank. I don't smoke. Like I said, I don't drink. I don't party. A lot of people see the results, right? You mentioned, um, and guess what? You know, I'm very fortunate, I'm very blessed, but I have zero doubt that things that I did, the decisions I made, not only things to do, but things not to do, right. have resulted in who I am. I'm not saying don't drink or whatever. That's my hundred percent. Right. Every your future is made up of every past decision you've ever made. It's a build-up consequence. And I say this. This is something I say. Um, and again, it's philosophical. I say not just you, but generally speaking, you are exactly where you're supposed to be. What do I mean by that? People are like, what does that mean, Riz? I'm like, look, you are a culmination of your environment, your upbringing, the decisions you have made, and your mindset, okay? So if you want something different, not just you specifically, Nick, but I mean- no, no, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 
the fuck kind of question is that? If there's anyone who deserve it, it's you because you suffered. You've suffered. You've literally, you know, done things that most people cannot do. And he tells me these things, and it's true. But I still have a hard time accepting it. Why? Because and this is known as imposter syndrome, where you realize once you do the things you want, once you get to the level of success or get to the goals you want. Okay. Remember, this has nothing to do with cars or money per se, or, or items. This just has to do with how you feel. So when you feel like you've gotten to where you want, you always feel like, did I, did I earn it? Did I get there? You know, because I'm a, I'm a someone who looks at many different current events and I see people dying all across the world. People are starving. People are diseased. People are getting bombed. You know, I see all that. And I'm like, you know, and here I am like, you know, trying to, trade xyz company driving something that is you know more than most people will ever make in their entire year let alone life so you know it's a very tough thing to think about everyone wants success but success comes at a cost okay Mm -hmm. you know the saying it's lonely at the top and that's true i'm very blessed to have some very close people but i've also realized that the average person i cannot get along with why because the the thinking and thought process is yeah. so uh and i'm okay with that i I'd rather have a small circle of friends than get along with everyone i don't care about pandering to people i just say what i feel what i think based on my experience um is the truth and then that's it because- i actually i actually want to bring up the word change mm-hmm. i'm gonna i have it pulled up here right now um, and I'm looking at one of the definitions, and I think this embodies exactly what you're talking about, right? Change is to give something up in exchange for something else. Yeah. Premise right? of evolution. It, Premise it of means, evolution. It means, True. it means you have to give something up in order to get that something else, yes. right? And yeah. that's, that's what it is, right? Yep. Now, you've obviously reached sort of that first goal that I obviously want to get to that level as well, right? When you got to that level, though, and you look back on it, I know you just mentioned it briefly, but are you at a point now where you're thinking at a, about achieving something else? And what is that thought process like for you right now? It's funny. It's funny. Someone just asked me. I can't remember. <laughs> yesterday, they're like, Riz, and their words, I'm telling you exactly. They're like, like word for word. Eh? What's next? Yeah. What their words were. And I'm like, you know what? It's an interesting question because I'm always looking for what's next. I told my... I wasn't married yet, but I told my fiance when I met her, actually the funny story, again, a lot of stories. I have. The first this is good. This McLaren, is good. Go. The first day I got the McLaren and you guys are going to laugh. You know what I drive on a daily basis? What? And to this day, I drive a 2006 Toyota Camry. <laughs> to this day, I live, I, in love Canada, it. I live in Canada, Ontario, it's horrible weather. I'm a car guy. I can never drive anything I'm passionate about or love and cherish, whether it's a McLaren, whether it's this or that. So I drive a regular garbage understated car it's, it's a depreciating that. asset it's a depreciating, yeah, asset, depreciating so. asset i don't give a shit like i do one old change a year i can beat the <laughs> shit market anywhere i can't do that with mclaren the mclaren's gonna cost me a couple grand just in an oil change um you know it anyways point of the story is <laughs> that, the point of the story is that when i picked up the car i took my parents with me to show them and my parents were like fuck like, yeah exactly they don't understand it's just the house and you're buying it and i just rode the draft and i was like okay it's done i got the keys and i drove to my fiance's place at that time and her family's place and she didn't know because i remember when i met her and we were you know seeing each other and she's like look rizwan you know 
that's great, you know, what you do, but are you ever going to get a car? Remember, this is 2006 Camry. Are you ever going to get a car that has like a GPS or navigation? Because the car <laughs> doesn't have anything. It's basic, okay? I'm like, you know, you know, I don't know. That might be a bit too much. Right? <laughs> so I showed up to her door uh, and her family's door. At, uh, you know, this was June 11th. I remember the date, June 11th, when I got the car. And I went to her place and they were just like, what it's the hell? Jump. It's a yeah. big jump. Yeah. So they were shocked. And that was fun. I love that. I love that dichotomy of being understated, being a nobody. Uh, I dress, I don't, you know, if someone, I dress shabbier than some people that are 20,000 in debt, but I still dress worse than them. Not because you're I, not, you know, not because I'm unkept or I don't care. I just don't yeah, care. Yeah. But you're not playing, you're not playing that outwards game. You're playing the, you're, you're playing the game within yourself. Yeah. And then whatever you feel like doing, outwards you'll do it as you wish everything on my own terms and i exactly. said at that time my fiance and another thing we went to starbucks I, I took her she was like blown away i'm like okay i'll give you let me take you for a spin whatever we went to a local starbucks and i said listen we're waiting in line and it, it opened up inside um and i said look i think i was 28 at that time um and i said look i think i've done everything i need to in life um and she's like, what, everything? I'm like, <laughs> you know, for the most part. Um, the complicated but I, stuff. Yeah. But what I meant by that was I'm very fortunate. I'm 29 now to be able to accomplish things. I'm not saying I'm that great or I'm smart or anything like that. No, I'm just saying that I'm very fortunate and very blessed and grateful to be, have done things that I thought would have taken me another 20, 30 years. That's a fact. Okay. And to be able to do it now at 28, 29 and have, have a good run. I've done you know, some great things along the years and I'm happy with them, content with. It's amazing, but there's also a flip side. And I always try and share with the flip side of everything I do. The flip side is it can kind of leave you a bit empty. And I'm, the reason I'm sharing this is, Dan, because of what you said, you want to be at this level, right? So let me expand on that. That's what I'm telling you. No reason other than, no reason other than that. Um, yeah. And I think be be okay with getting to where your goals are and knowing that you might feel a little empty. I got the McLaren 720S. I could have gotten whatever. I got the opportunity to drive the latest Ferrari. Um, I got to drive a Huracan Performante. I got to drive a Ferrari F8 Tributo all on the same day and a McLaren 720S. I went with the 720S, but that's a different car video. Okay. But <laughs> the point is, the point is understand and be aware that whatever it is your goal is to be the number one podcast or make the most money in the market to have dozens of businesses or cash flow, whatever your goal is, know that when you get there, be happy, enjoy the process. Because once you get there, sometimes you're left feeling a bit empty and that's okay. That's okay. Um, I had to learn that the hard way because I spent months every night on auto trader online looking. It was like, you know how I watch list of stocks. I had a watch list of cars every night. I would go there looking looking and seeing the Visual, visualization though but that's just that's oh, just yeah. part of it oh, yeah. right visualization yeah it's huge it's huge yeah. right but purpose for me i'll tell you right now everyone i'm nothing special i'm just a regular guy you know i went to college did business management i'm not some harvard grad or i wasn't you know i didn't come into money i just basic regular guy and i just and it's been a long road I've had a lot of hardships i don't want to make it a stop story on this on this podcast so i'll kind of skip past that but ultimately know that each and every one of you whether it's you two dan and nick all the listeners you are capable of greatness you just don't know it and i'm not trying to say it in a cliche way you genuinely are on this planet to do and make an impact 
you may not know it yet. Maybe you do. I found my purpose. I'm fortunate. I consider myself very fortunate and blessed. I maybe have found my purpose. I'm passionate about what I do. I love what I do. More than making money, more in markets, I love meeting and giving my time and investing in people. I tell my students all the time, I say, I've made many great investments in my time. But the hands down best investment I've made in my life is an investment in people. <laughs> the premise of our, our species as a collective, how we've evolved is the more we've become collective as a species, the more we've adapted and became stronger as a collective. By premise, it is wired in our genes that we need a community. We need a network to feed off of. If you feed, if everybody feeds into the system and to the collectiveness, then the output is that much greater. Exactly. It's amplified. So just the premise of that is wired in our genetic framework. It's, there's a reason why we gratification for being with people. There's a reason why we find value in helping other people. The reason why we have, you know, we want to get married or have a family or we want to have a community. These are all inbuilt things. Why we want to have whatever, right. And you're very much right, Nick, in terms of that psychological and mindset aspect. It's very, very key. I love that because when we understand things that we do and why other people do the things they do from a psychological and mental standpoint, it's liberating. I, I'm a very yep. big enlightenment person. and yeah, you, and, and things become clearer. Things become easier to predict, easier to explain. hundred percent. It's game theory. Do you know game theory by the way? Okay. So basic game, game theory. Exactly. People ask me all the time, Rich, what are some trading books I should read? Should I read this book? ABC of candlestick patterns. I'm like, Fuck no. Fuck no. Okay. Fuck no. If you're going to read something and then I give them a list of books that have nothing to do with trading, nothing to do with market. But it, the fundamentals will come back in and they'll connect. Exactly. Exactly. I entirely agree. I understand it. It's something, it's, it's amazing that you mentioned that. It's, right. it's enlightenment because I, because I, I write a lot. So now my second book, like I'm writing a second book right now. The premise, the second one is all about the development of the prefrontal cortex. So how we need to optimize the development of the front of our brain, which is the ultimately the decision maker of our functionality. Okay. So when you look at that, the more you understand the reality in which you live in, the more you understand the system, the functions, the structures, the rules, the premise of a game, right? The more you understand all the variables of the game, the easier and more conscious you are of every decision you're about to make. The more conscious you are of a decision you're making, the less impact a bad decision will feel because you know that even though you made a mistake, now I know what not to do as a decision. I can make another move. Life does not end until you die. Therefore, the following day, you can make a different decision to alter that prior decision. It's funny because... I love that. And I've, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a medical professional, but I spent a lot of time reading. I do a lot of reading. I do a little bit less now, uh, but I've done a lot of reading for, for throughout my life. And I can tell you, it's, money, it's funny that you mentioned that because there's quite a few books that, you know, there's people can read. I don't have, I was trying to see if I have um, a, a list on my phone. I don't, but ultimately there's plenty of books. People need to understand that trading, investing um, is a mental game. Sure, you gotta have the process. Everything, everything human-based, yep. everything human-based and human-created and managed and, and, and fed off of is human-led. Therefore, your psychology has an impact on everything. I'll That's impart, why you have, I'll impart another quote. Understand the mind. Understand the mind so that you can understand yourself. That way you understand others. As a result, you will have understood life. Yes. Okay. I, to me... To me, 
We're getting we're uh, getting it really. Sounds, it sounds like a, it sounds like a Buddhism quote. Is it a Buddhist a Buddhism quote? <laughs> you know, I can be I can be a bit altruistic, philosophical at times. So. It sounds Buddhism, and, and the, the premise of enlightenment and nirvana and connecting with your world. Absolutely, none of this what I've said is new. Um, I just put it into words now that since you were you were you were kind of explaining it, so I just put it into a brief little statement. And to me simplicity is key. Simplicity is key in life. Like you mentioned, mindset is key. Understanding ourselves. Everyone is different, but we're all similar in many ways. Okay. Accepting that, understanding that gelling with it and rolling with it is key. Far too many people are unaccepting of the way the world is, the predicament of life, how things happen, whether it's elections, whether it's public policy, whether it's markets, whether it's consumerism, capitalism, how to operate a business, how to have a relationship, Okay, with the with whoever it is, this all comes down to understanding the core concepts of philosophy, your yes. mind, the Psychology, brain, right? Evolution, Psychology. everything. I, yes, I specialized in. I didn't specialize in as I was growing up. After I finished my formal studies in business management, I specialized in psychology. Mm-hmm. People say, "Riz, you know, you're great at reading markets." And another quote for you guys, "Riz, you're great at reading markets." But I said. Okay, um, yeah, maybe I'm semi-decent. And I say, look, I'm not, personally, I don't think I'm that great at markets. What I am great at is reading people, okay? It takes me all of five minutes, about five minutes, just over the phone, okay, um, on a phone call to understand the capability of someone, okay? It takes me about 10 minutes to understand with a brief text conversation. I know innately what people are capable of. It's not a not a gift. It's something that's developed. Can I be wrong? Absolutely. But generally speaking, I'm more right than wrong. So but I think here, this is from a psychological perspective. I think what it is, is this, you kind of create kind of like this wavelength around yourself. And the moment you have others that resonate with it, you can feel that resignation. You can feel it and you can play off of it. So I entirely get it. Again, it's just psychology. Your mind sees, oh shit, I see something connecting right now. I see something. I want to indulge this more. This person, just based yes. on the way they said something, whether they agreed or disagreed. And agreeing with doesn't mean that they're, they're, you know, not, you know, they're going to do great. No, sometimes disagreeing with me is sometimes how I know that, okay, wow, this person is able to do things differently. This person is able to adapt. This person isn't just someone who's going to follow the hurt. Okay. So just one example. Um, I am able to measure people. Am I always right or no, right? I mean, there's, there's no absolutes in this world. There's no absolutes in markets. There's no absolutes on this planet. You know, there's many, many different variables. Sure, ultimately things kind of revert to the mean. And that's a key thing in markets. It's a key thing in life, knowing that not everyone's going to be a millionaire or a billionaire. Many people will do just about average, okay? Yeah. Everyone tells me, Riz, I want to be like you. I said, no, you don't want to be like me. You can be better. You can be better. Um, whether they do or not, that's, that's going to depend on them. I'll that's help depend on them. Yeah. as much as I can. If there can be better, that's great. That's great. I love seeing people that I, you know, coerce with, interact with, do great. If they do better than me, even better. Um, because I know I'm nothing that special. Uh, but if someone is smarter than me, more dedicated, more, you know, they're able to think in a certain way that I can't and they can do better, then that's more power to them. Absolutely. Their reality. Exactly. And it's about uncovering that. The problem is in this day and age, we're clobbered with so much misinformation. Yeah. The filtering process is becoming important. We're not in information age. 
we're in a misinformation age. That yeah. is true. Yeah. Um, because that's what's happened over the last, you know, few years. We see and, that time and time again. Now we're in that point where it's not about consuming everything you can because that's going to put you back. Now it's about structuring and being very, very picky with what you consume. This is why on my social media, Nick, you probably don't see this. I sometimes call out and I'm very passively aggressive against these gurus, these pretenders, mm-hmm. these people that do nothing but show it's all face value. It's all face value. They have nothing behind. They're not even, they don't, they, pro, they propose themselves to be traders and have a lifestyle be successful, but they're Airbnb, they're leasing, they're renting. They don't even trade. It's a show I know this for a fact because I personally have busted many, <laughs> not even trading. They don't know how to trade. They just copy and paste from different courses and different resources. And then they sell it as just their own. In fact, it's, downright disgusting um the amount of misinformation fraud okay fake and literally subterfuge and you know falsehood that are out there and that's troubling to me you want to know why i started this instagram page you know you found me on instagram you interacted me on there the original reason i started it was because i saw these gurus and these fraudsters and i got angry um and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna hide that my willingness to start and be more out there because I was fine doing well in the markets on my own. What made me come out of the shadows and come in front of people and talk to people and say my story is because of the blatant disregard for genuineness, transparency. And so I said, you know what, this is a load of bullshit. I've been doing this way too long. I've been in the industry, you know, I've been in finance, been in banking. They saying, right. Okay. And if I don't, if maybe people listen to me, great. If they don't, that's up to them too, but let me do my part in making sure that people don't fall for it. That's how I started. I started by just literally telling people what not to do and not, not to fall for. Then it mutated and saying, look, okay, this is what I bring to the table. This is who I am. Do, do, do these things. Don't do the other things, right? So when I saw these things, and I'm not gonna mention names, but ultimately that's how it started. It started as a reaction to the garbage that was already there. And they say, you know, the rest of history. I actually want to talk about Instagram real briefly because this is sort of how I started too. Um, you were actually the first legit trading trader that I found. And the reason was because Instagram has a way you're able to put a setting now where it's like, Hey, you're a financial, you know, finance person. So the finance ones. So you and I get an inflow of these ridiculous Forex gurus telling us we can buy crypto. And I'm like, dude, I don't even want to hear it anymore. But <laughs> The first post that I saw from you uh, was about mindset. And I think it was centered. I forget what the post specifically was, but it was just specifically just about mindset. It was about changing as well. You know, you do need to suffer. You do need to like, there, there needs to be a pain point. Um, and I remember I was like, who is this guy? And then I, I did my research and there was just so much value. Like every post that you've had, and I'm not trying to like, you know, like this is just me observing, like this is what real traders should be doing. And I've sort of adopted my own type of style. And I think that's what everybody should do is take on their own style. But I appreciate that, that, Dan. It means a lot. Um, Provide value. You provide, honestly, that's what it is. It's there's value. I read it. Like, like we said, you know, like he just said, the mindset it's there's, you can resonate. You, it's, you feel like you're connecting with someone intellectually, not just to someone's facade. Yeah. And I appreciate that again, Nick, again. Yes. And that's, I'm glad you guys mentioned that because that's what I wanted to hear. That's why I do it. I do it to share how I think, how I see life, how I see markets, 
um, and how I live my life. Um, and then I leave it to the other person. If they have questions, I answer them. I answer them genuinely, honestly, in the way I feel. Maybe they disagree with me and that's fine. But that is my goal, to give people as much as I can. And if at that point they feel like, okay, I want to be a part of what you're doing. Uh, I want to, you know, learn from you or whatever the case is, work with you, whatever the case is, then absolutely, I'd love to. If not, completely okay. There's a big problem with this kind of, social media and kind of age that we're in now where it's the misinformation age it's yeah, right on the right that, on the money now, for sure. one step further i've seen these gurus that are trading gurus now they sell courses <laughs> on how to sell courses honest to god <laughs> you want to break some heads i want to i want to i'm not a i'm not an aggressive person I'm yeah but person. i i know exactly I like, smash head in. <laughs> it's it wanted it you feel bad for because it's like people are being mis are being manipulated and like taken advantage of yeah. at the same time, you know, it's like you feel bad for them. And at the same time, it's like, bro, you're like, for those of us who would like to give value out there, you, we become another variable within the market that people have to try to filter. And hopefully it's like when girls, they get bombarded with a thousand different men and they have to select one good man. It gets really hard because you have so many men. But now the same premise with, Exactly. So the same concept of business. Now people are Instagram. Well, they see a thousand different type of finance people, this and that. And so it's like, well, who do I actually go to and who do I actually listen to? I'm actually going to do an IG live after this. It's funny you mentioned and I'll, and I'll pre-phase. I'll give you a little teaser. It's actually going to be about what I provide, but also about how easy it is in this day and age for anyone and their dog to start up a trading page, trading channel, trading discord and create a course. Like, there's literally a blueprint and that's why these morons are selling courses. There's a guy selling courses on how to sell your own trading course. No, this is not, this is not, you know, mute. But, exactly. he, that, but, but he, that's why, but that's, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say that's the, 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 uh, <laughs> the, it just blows my mind because the reality is they don't understand the basics of risk management. They don't understand, you know, just, momentum patterns. They don't understand, you know, mean reversion. They don't understand like, you know, candlestick stuff. It's just like, it's just, I, they're selling a dream, right? When I see courses on everything, and when I see, especially in the trading niche, because I saw yeah. this with Bitcoin and crypto, some guy bought crypto. He didn't know anything, just bought it. And of course, he made a decent amount of money. So he's like, Riz, I think I want to create a crypto trading course. I'm like, how long have you been trading, bro? He's, he's like, using luck as a reasoning to dictate like, his outcome. Yeah, I'm like, how long have you been trading? He's like, oh, no, I just started two months ago. And Bitcoin's gone up from, you know, 10,000 to 19,000. I'm like, I just, I was like, fuck it. I can't even deal. I can't, big, deal. Yeah. I can't even deal, man. But yeah. As I've gotten older, I've gotten more tired. I'm tired of bullshit. Um, before I used to think I could save everyone. It was uh, naive of me. Um, and you have to let people walk their course, walk off the paddle into the ocean, let themselves be eaten. I can't, I can give people whatever I can lead them to the water, but I can't make them drink. It was a very hard lesson on my part to learn. I have to, a lot of my time goes into combating. It's the ego. It's the ego barrier. They refer to it. The ego barrier. A lot of us have barriers and bottlenecks and, and shortcomings. Actually, I'm not any different, but I realized sadly that the average person has way too many fucking barriers. hundred percent. It's just unfortunate truth. I don't mean to take a dig at the average person, but it's my humble, honest opinion based on, um, the, the, the but without without those type of people, the outliers such as successful people cannot exist. Yes, yes. it's not the trade-off. 
can be a superstar trader. Not everyone. Well, technically, everybody can, but most people will never realize the potential. Exactly. 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 And as a result, they're not, you know, the cream of the crop. And we need that. We, we there, there's tens of thousands of athletes, but not everyone is Michael exactly. Jordan. Not everyone is Usain Bolt. Not everyone is LeBron James. Or not everyone is Tiger Woods. Or not everyone is so on and so forth. Right? Why? Because that's ultimately life. You know, I can be a great trader, but there's someone out there that can be better. There's Warren Buffett. Mm -hmm. There's this, there's that. There's X, Y, Z hedge fund manager. There's so many people and they're the cream of the crop. Not everyone's going to be a hedge fund manager. Trust me. I get thousands of questions all the time about how to be a trader and leave their job where they're making $25,000 a year and how they can become a professional trader with $500. It's that quick cash. You know, it's just a lot of misinformation again, ultimately. And part of it is the blame is on people for being so naive. And I tell people, Riz, the first question they ask me, Riz, how much money can I make? They haven't placed a trade. They have no idea. They want to make money. I get it because everyone wants to make money when they trade. And I'm like, I get, I get a bit angry and I get a bit passive aggressive. I'm like, what makes you think that you're going to enter the market with no experience, no knowledge, and you have the audacity to ask me how much you're going to make against some of the most brilliant minds in the market with the most sophisticated technologies, the most amount of experience and tremendous amount of capital. You have the audacity to ask me how much you're going to make while knowing fuck all. Does a brain surgeon, when he goes to medical school, ask how much money can I make once I graduate instead of being the best brain surgeon they can be? And then, the, and then it leads to right. that outcome. Like it just blows my fucking mind. But that short-term and long-term components of people's behavioral lives, you know, it's fascinating. I get it, I get it because they've been misled. So I try and shift that mindset. It's called framing. You know, we frame things differently. So I frame it that way. Then they're like, Jesus, fuck, I look like a fucking moron. Right? I'm like, I get it. Look, I get where you're coming from. You're not the first and you won't be the last to ask me how much can you make and can you do this for a living with your you know, 500 or $1,000. I get it because you've been misinformed. You have a false dichotomy of what is the reality. I'm here to help and correct that only if you're willing to learn and change your mindset and how you approach things. Right. Because you. you can, you can give, you can give your students all the tools, right? It's on them eventually to adapt and that mindset. I literally right? give them myself. Dan, I was yeah. on, I was on, I was at, I'll tell you a story. I was at the doctor's three weeks ago. Okay. I'm not going to get into details, but I was on the table where they had to do a procedure in between doing that procedure. I'm on my phone yeah. telling my traders, guys, this is an opportunity in this stock. Maybe you want to consider it. I was on the table about to have a procedure done. Okay. While awake. And in between when the, between the moment that the doctor is getting the syringe. Okay. And her tools is when I'm telling my, you know, students, members that guys, this is an opportunity in the market. Okay. So Dan, when you say, you know, I give people the tools. Yes. I also give people that trust me and support me a part of myself. Mm-hmm. It, that's your the consciousness. You're conscious of your people, network. I'll give, give them my time. I mean, Dan, Dan and Nick, we're on the Eastern time. It's not a secret to my members and students that I'm usually at 4 a.m. Eastern time, 5 a.m. Eastern time updating on where pre-market, uh, have opened. I, I, it's not, it's not, a, it's not uncommon. I'm answering, you know, emails and questions at 5 a.m. And then I've been asked many times when people are, do you even sleep? Um, why do they ask me that first time? I was like, mm, that's a joke. Then I realized, wait a second, 
because of my level and commitment of helping people. Uh, you're engaged. You're so engaged. They, they think that I'm some psychopath that doesn't sleep. And that's not true. I sleep. I sleep a lot. But they think that because I'm operating 24-7. Okay? That's the difference. The tool- it's ironic. They won't see that as the value, though. They, you know what I'm saying? If but it's a, a they won't see that they see the 720 ads they see me but they're not gonna see that and that's fair i get it it's but, the face value right that everyone's yeah. seeing and i share what i love i share what i believe in other people are free to do with it as they please i'm never gonna use the mclaren as a selling point i just can't no. i could use it as it has market. to be it has to be the mind it's, it's the, the only mind. sustainable it like the premise of what influencers and gurus and these so-called gurus and business model like honestly for me i'm sure you guys are gonna agree because this is something i say to everybody else but these relatively most people who don't understand capital markets or business fundamentals they don't really understand why i say it but then when i talk about it, they kind of do my it's this if you look at business and the capital landscape i can almost correlated to almost anything in life in the way it behaves. It, there's so much similarities in everything in my life. Like the way a business operates is the same premise of like a family and this and that. Like there's so much similarities. It's like my life is literally like a business. The way yeah. I think of everything. Dan knows this. And then in the, in the masterclass I mentioned about in the fundamentals, I just mentioned, look guys, I'm teaching about markets, but you're going to learn a lot about business. You're going to learn yeah. a lot about life from the masterclass. It, literally it's but then I, but then the more i got into that the more i was like well that makes sense because everything is based off of a social entity social structure social individuals therefore the economy has a behavioral structure to it yep. oh my butt no worries no worries that's <laughs> it's my dog I, I, um <laughs> so yeah so the let the so the economy, business, everything is being made up of social entities. Because it's made up of a social entity, like a collective, it has a social behavior. Therefore, you can start understanding why life is basically the same premise because life is all about social behaviors and behavioral analysis. So I just became more overly obsessed with psychology at that point because like it just, everything seems to make sense. Oh, I love a business. Well, I might like a girl, let's say. Well, but I, I know that if I go too heavily in and then I, it, I lose out on it, well, I went too deep and I lost my capital or I can scale into a relationship or a friendship, whatever, scale into it. As you see the fundamentals improve, the dynamics improve, you can go more and more aggressive. You know? So I was like, I, I just, everything got, I was doing. That sounds like a, that sounds like a trading, a trading thesis. I, right I, was, <laughs> I, I became too, I, I became very robotic in comparing the mechanism of investing and capital markets in the premise of life. But I was like, it makes my life decisions a lot easier to think this way though. You know, so I was I like, this, and I'm, again, I'm going to impart some more wisdom. I apologize for trying to be all no go, uh, go wisdom and, and, and philosophical based. But ultimately I said this before and none of this is new. I'm just saying what I've said before and the way I feel. And I said, the best way to learn about yourself is to participate in the markets. Yeah. You're going to learn about your emotions, how you see money, how you handle money, how you react to fear, how you react to uncertainty, how analytical, analytical you are, how disciplined you are, yes. right? The best way to, to learn about yourself. I feel like everyone on this planet should learn to trade. Forget the money, forget making money. The amount you learn about yourself by trading and not just like placing a trade and then not touching. I mean, like actually the art of trading, swing trading, investing, the amount you learn about yourself is unprecedented. Exactly. And when it comes to markets, like you made that correlation between 
a woman, a relationship, the markets. I also say this about markets. And Dan, I think I mentioned this in the, in the masterclass too. I said, the markets are an organism. They're constantly changing. They're shifting just like human beings, just like the world around us, right? Everything is connected. Once you understand markets, once you understand the herd mentality, groupthink, behavioral economics, when you understand actual economics and actual fundamentals, along with technicals, you understand these concepts that are prevalent in markets. They also transfer over to business. They also transfer over to relationships. They also transfer over into how we approach and live our life. Anything we, within a human being, where anywhere where a human is, it's there. That I feel like I'm so, it's been a tough journey. It's very painful at times when you're trying to short things like Tesla and they're going up 30. <laughs> but it's not all great. But I'm so grateful to realize that I've just happened to, come across something, be interested in something that has obviously changed my life um, in many ways, but also I'm so fortunate to meet so many people I never would have met. I have friends. I consider them close friends. I've never met them. I've never met them in my life. All I've done is just maybe see them on video, you know, do a video conference, webinar, talk over text, chat. It wasn't possible. I never knew it was possible, but it is. And it's amazing. You know, and many of these people were going to come to my wedding. Right. Obviously, things yeah. like it blows my mind, you know, when I think about everything that has occurred and how things have shaken up. I can't put words to it, guys. You know, I can't I can't, you know, expand on and explain it in words, because even I, as someone whose job is to be analytical, very um, cold and calculating and rational Critical, yeah, objective. and not fully, you know, encompass in words how life works. You know, we have to understand, we know what we know, but man, we just have to put everything we can have and control into the right spot and then see how things go, right? Never, let's not fool ourselves. We can do everything we can. There's also many X factors. And I talk about this, right? Whether someone want to call it is destiny, luck, you know, whatever they want to call it. There's certain X factors in life. There's certain variables in life that we can't control. The sooner Absolutely. we accept that, the more empowered. I find it to be empowering. Very empowering. You know, that yeah. not everything's in our control because it's, imagine. As I, you think, mean- I think it's also too, right? Like you just telling us that also shows, at least for me, um, you've been able to take the emotional factor out of the trading, out of the trading game, right? Yeah, because it, it, worse. I wish sometimes I could feel like some of the newer, they make $100 or $500 or $1,000. They're over the moon. I make five, 10,000, lose 5,000, 10,000. I'm, I'm fucking cold, man. I'm yeah. Cold. And that's, that's what it, that's what it takes, right? It's a game though. That's the game theory. That's why, like, that's why I want to ask you the game theory part. It's, it, it's everything we're doing is basically a game. The moment you open your eyes and your senses start engaging with life, your computer is on, it's your game starts. The day you die is the day your game ends. Yeah. What are you going to do in that meantime? And how are you going to play it? Absolutely. And I'm glad you mentioned that because that leads me to another point. To me, what gravitated towards me towards markets, which I grew up playing video games. I still play video games when I can. You know, I enjoy it. It's a medium that I've enjoyed since I was a kid. So I saw markets. I saw my account. I saw what I do and accomplish as a game. Because to me, it was just like me increasing my own personal high score. Yeah. I'm not trying to compete with anyone. I'm not trying to use You're this like buy a Lambo or buy a pose on a private jet or show off my house or no to me all that shit's secondary okay i only do what i do with my money because i enjoy it and because it serves me 
everyone else is secondary and my wife, but everyone else is secondary. I just enjoy the fact that I could do something and try and master it and see if I can increase my high score. And to me, that was my account size, my account value. Everyone. Sneaking ladders. Sometimes you come down, then you go back up higher. Something. That's what it was. It was it, that's simplistically all it was when I started when I was 16. Can I make money, which is secondary? Because I wanted to, obviously, I wanted to make money by doing this, but I wasn't, you know, maybe it was just luck or whatever. I never had this false sense where I go, oh, yeah, I'm going to become a trader. And, um, but, I don't think, but I think in the context, okay, personally, because we're basically almost the same age. I'm 27. Back in the day, for like, I only started four years ago because in my world, like I come from a community, an area where go to school, get a career. That's my world. Same. Nobody in my world was talking about this stuff. Like as soon as I, I someone in university, we talked about it. The only way I kind of started indulging the idea of investing was when me and my group of friends were like, well, we like finance. Let's start theorizing on industries that are undervalued that we could potentially start looking at at our young age. But like I'm 24 here. I wish I somehow was inclined or led about to start thinking about finance and investing from earlier because, well, exp as we know from exponential factor, right? Well, 15 years is a big difference. It's a long time. So if only been doing it for four years, people, they're like, oh, I should be this far ahead. It's only been two years, three years, four years. There's a process. Exactly. Everyone has their process. Everyone has their trajectory and they have to be in a certain part of the process. Contextualize you your timeline. Years where Warren Buffett's in 60 years of doing it, right? Um, so one thing you mentioned, and you're right, the world has kind of boxed us into this, you know, false pretense of get a job, work a job, uh, you know, have a career, make sure you have a college, university degree. That's fine. That's great. Nothing wrong with it. But there are other ways too. Yeah. And there are other ways you can do things while you do that. I think in this day and age, just having a job, single job is not enough. It's a sad reality. Um, you have the to be economy is that much more inflated. Asset costs are much inflated. And guess what? Wages. We also have so much more tools at our hands, man. Yep. Like we can monetize things you could never could. The autonomy provided to us because of technology yeah. is so unheard of. If they expect they're just going to work at a factory job now when they were able to do it and support a household 30 years ago. Great. I agree. That's shouldn't be that bad, but on you know, one I, working individual. Yeah, exactly. Now husband and wife have to work. Or Two whoever. individuals. Yeah. And even then margins even are very then, tight. We know in Canada, especially, and in the U S as well, you know, the debt to income ratio has only gone up. What does that yeah. mean? People are relying more on debt yeah. to support their day-to-day -day needs. Not because there's, I think, but that's where he shows them the short term, because this is why I say, I say finance can, can literally tell me everything I want to know about a social behavior within a system, because you just have to watch how they consume in the economy and, or whether it's assets or whatever they do behaviorally, financially, it literally tells you where they're heading. Well, everything they do shows a very short term based consumption and a very little part of it is a long-term mindset. Yep. Always play the long game. I tell my students all the time. It's and literally like, the value gap now. Now you're seeing everybody focusing on short-term behaviors. Very few are focusing on long-term behaviors. So now it's like... Those of us that think long-term, if we can make it, if we can stick to our guns, if we can remain patient, we will benefit because where the short-term individuals falter will eventually work to our benefit, right? I, I say, it's, I have a saying, I don't want to sound cocky, but I say, given, me, given enough time, reasonable amount of time, I never lose. What do I mean by that? Sure, I lose money in the market, trading here and there, swing trading, investing. Long run, I come out ahead. I'd be mm -hmm. stupid not to do this, to back myself. People ask me, Riz, you know, do you do anything else? I'm like, yeah, I have other businesses I diversify. 
but I'd be stupid not to back myself um, after knowing what I know and doing what I do and doing it as well as I think I, I do. Uh, I think I do well, but I mean, other people are, are you know, able to judge that. But another thing that reminds me, Nick, when you mentioned is when you mentioned that, you know, you wanted to start trading and do something that's kind of separate to what other people are really talking about or even know, I'm the same situation. I started when I was 16. It's only in the last four or five years that my childhood friends realized what I actually do. They never knew because I couldn't relate. No one knew what I was doing because I'm like, how the fuck am I going to explain to someone why I'm going to the library, leaving class and, you know, on Yahoo Finance? Like, what? how am I going to explain? It? I said, forget it. I'm too new. I want to learn this. It's my journey. And that's how it started. No one I could relate to. No one I could talk to. I had to, you know, read some basic dreary old books um, to understand the basics. And even then I, I struggled for a couple of years. It took me a couple of years to understand what I was doing. Um, and that was in 2008. Now it's a lot faster pace, but again, you also have a lot of access. So really when you mentioned that, you know, that's resonates with me. No one, you know, went the way I did. Sure. Some people started different businesses, but no one in, in the area of the industry that I did, people had no idea what I was doing until only maybe four years ago. Um, and one of my best friends, I got him to start trading and investing, but other people that I grew up with other people in the same city, you know, colleagues, uh, people relative, no one did. They don't understand. The median to them were the outliers. Yes. So because and we're the outlier within their framework, exactly. to them, we don't make sense. But yes. within our reality, this is the most structured. But now, now everyone wants to be like. But like, they don't realize that. Like something you realize they, with Dan, you know, something you realize with they, Dan. They, again, they only see the face value. And they why do they want to? Why do they want to be like? Why do they want to do what I do now? I have people asking, Rich, what stock? They never cared about it. Now they're asking me. After, you know, maybe what I drive. And it's always I, annoying questions. Yeah. I'm like, and I got to be careful because you don't want to mix. I don't like mixing friendship, long lasting yeah. childhood friendship and them think anything negatively because a stock didn't work because they don't understand market. So they, you right. Know, but what I, what I always do too, cause I have this, I don't want to call it a problem, but I look at it as like a value add. Cause I have, you know, people asking me what stocks do you buy and stuff like that. I always say, listen, this is what I'm doing right now. I'm not recommending anything. Yes, I do. That's the first thing I say. Just say, I'm not recommending anything. Take a look at this. You do your own decision. I have a list. I have a list that I share. I'm like, this is what I hold. Cause I'm transparent with other people on. Yeah. On you're very, you're, you're Riz. You're, you're probably one of the more, probably the most transparent trader I've yeah, seen. It's a bit bad because people have like used that information against me. They've, I've shared account, I've shared account numbers and yeah, tried to fucking log into my shit. And I got an email saying that, you know, please authenticate. You know how there's two factor. Yeah. Yeah. Two factor. Wow. Okay. Like, Listen, it's the most, it's the most, uh, it's, it's a compliment in a way because yeah, they see. I, yeah. Yeah. Price. But I've screwed myself over. It's, it's a bit <laughs> jarring to have like this X amount of dollar account. You know, it's a something, you, you know, it's, it's, a it's yeah. Obviously you protect it, but then obviously I shared my account information because I'm like, if I block this out, it could be any account. Right. So I'd rather have that continuity. Look, this is the account number over the years, and this is the account value going up. Yeah. Um, I do that for transparency, but transparency, I realized the hard way <laughs> can also work against you. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a cruel world out there. I still continue to do what I do. I still continue to be as transparent as possible. Although I'm a little bit more aware now that not everyone who's a follower, not everyone that sees what I do is a supporter. Right. Mm -hmm. You're well, but, you, but that's the thing. You know what? You do need haters as well. 
Yes, I have my... Uh, well, you will always have haters. No one will ever agree with everything you say, never in a lifetime. Yeah. yeah. I've always, in my entire life, tried to do what's right for myself and for others. Absolutely, always. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, I just can't do it. That's just me. Um, everything I do, is I do it because I feel it's right, yet I still have people that hate me for it. So I stopped feeling bad about it. I stopped trying to explain myself. I stopped caring. I mean, at first I did it. It, it, it negatively impacts you. It, it's a downer. It you know, kind of, it's graded, but given enough time, you realize, unfortunately, you know, in, in a tough manner that it doesn't matter. Even people that might be close to you, they change. Um, yep. after they kind of see, you won't believe this. Yep. Those friends, one of the ways they, I was able to have them not know who I am and what I do because I blocked them on social media. My closest friends who know who I am, know where I stay, grew up, I blocked them on social media. Why? Because I don't want them to see me in a different way, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. They realize I blocked them. They're like, why the fuck are you blocking us? I'm like, man, fuck. It just... But this part of you must come out with your friends. Like for me, who I... This world for me, like I'm sure it is for Dan. I'm sure it 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 comes out. It does, but not how much I fucking have in the account. Like not the fucking 2 million. Oh yeah, not the numbers. But but in terms of like the way you talk and your analytical and that... Yeah, but the number of stuff. I don't want someone to know. Like, fuck! I just placed a trade and made more in one day. Yeah, than a friend makes an entire year working. Of course, imagine that. You know, of like course. if you ran on a trade and, and and a friend of mine who's working at a bank, he's slogging away, and I just made more in, in two hours than he made an entire 100%. year. I feel like there's a component yeah, where then that's gonna fuck with someone's head, no matter how close they are of to course. me. Of course, I don't want that. I don't want people to feel bad. I don't want people to feel inferior. That, but that's exactly what I was about yeah, to say. They, they, there's going to be like, a They look at me like, oh, you're a fucking douche. Like, why the fuck would you block us? No, I'm thinking 10 steps ahead of these people. Just a fact, right? I've, I'm tired of explaining myself to people. I don't give a shit no more. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, that's, but that gives you such freedom, though. I yeah. agree. Because oh, you're just like, I can, I'm, I'm doing what I can do, and I don't care what other people no, are I thinking. Don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck, man. I don't give a shit. Can't you stick to your median, which is which has worked for you long term. So it's like for me to deviate from my 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 train of it it, it, it would. It, pro- I'll tell you guys right now, it could be more profitable for me. Okay, hundred percent. If there's one thing you take from this, it can be more profitable for me to be leveraging the freedom I have, the no debt, the cars, all this. I could use it in a more calculating way to make more money but I can't do it. It's against my principles. I never have been able to do it. I never will be. I told all so my marketers. I said, so guys, you're sticking to a scalable thought process. I'm, I do it. I share what I share in a, in a, in a unintimidating way because I love it. I never will say you can have this McLaren 720S or Lamborghini join my course and yeah, I'll make $10,000. Your masterclass, first of all, is your way of giving back. Yes. But you're doing it. In a, you're, you're, you're doing it in a way that it's not like, I'm here to make money. You're doing it in a way because you want people to learn and you want people to be successful. Right. And not, and not only that we met through Instagram, you know, and like now we know each other. So like, and I'm sure there's like a thousand, 10,000 other people that, you know, as a result, but there's a lot, man, it's been an amazing journey. So this is why I say I try and give the good side and the bad side. It's been an amazing journey to meet so many people I never would have met. It's amazing. People are like, Riz, you should have done this sooner. I'm like, yeah, but you know what? I did it when my time came, 
Exactly. Right. It's, it's, you can't, it just, it felt right. And you moved forward. Yeah, right. And I, you know, many ways I, I absolutely hate and despise these gurus, these frosters, but in one way, if you think about it, there's, it's a, it's a bit of a poetic justice. It's because of them, because of these fakes, these frauds, you know, Tim Sykes and everyone like I, I don't <laughs> names, but fuck it. Fuck you, Tim Sykes. If you're watching this, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we had we had somebody else on who doesn't like Tim Sykes too, so don't worry. Okay, but you're, you're, you're good. You're good. <laughs> you know, in case, in case you ever wanted to get him on, you're, you're nonsense. I just didn't want to impact you guys. But um, yeah, Tim, go fuck yourself. And uh, it's because of people like him that I do it. So in one way, Tim, um, you're a fucking douchebag and you're a cunt. But you know what? Thank you for for you know, giving me that fire to do what it is and change the lives of so many others along with the people that I love. Remember, there's two sides to every coin. Absolutely. Digging yang, balance, everything, the Absolutely. darkness and light. Honestly, it's such a philosophy that I've come to realize that there's both sides to everything. You cannot assume everything will always be beautiful because beauty does not exist without ugliness. So you have to always have both sides. Yes. Yes, just make sure that you're conscious to be on the right side. Oh, you guys, there's a lot you guys don't know. Like, you know, there's been, you know, many, many health problems, 17 surgeries, you know, 17 surgeries, ongoing health problems to this day. I have problems that money can't solve, unfortunately. So I approach things from a different point, whereas other people will do anything and everything for the last dollar they can suck at someone. Fuck that. That ain't my game. I can't do it. Uh, I never will because I see life differently. I see money differently. Maybe I would have turned out to be a douchebag if it weren't for, you know, some of the problems and these tumbling experiences I've had to go through my life beyond my control, but I've had to go through it, right? For better or worse. That's what makes us right. Um, you know, from six years to now, you know, uh, 17 surgeries is, is, it's, and these are not like small little things and countless procedures. I've had procedures done. Like one of them, I was mentioning to you that I have them on the table. Most people would need to go in the operating room, but because I've had done it so, so many times, tolerance to pain is a bit different. I have them while awake on the table. You know, um, it's a very brutal world that I come from. Um, and I'm going to drag it out and but sure. understand who I am and where I am. You need to understand these things. I just don't publicize some of it. It's the Phoenix concept where from ashes, you rise stronger. Exactly. Um, you know, I say, again, I, I apologize for all the <laughs> Don't worry. Quotes. This I is say, very raw. I like it though. Yeah. Yeah, it's not <laughs> from the heart, man. Yeah, it's always from the heart. Um, I don't always get to do this. So when I do, I take the opportunity and, and, and kind of pour my heart out. But for me, you know, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a long road. Everything I've had to do and get to and have in my life to this day, I've had to fight for it. And I'm not going to say I, I'm happy that I had to go through, you know, so many health problems, so many surgeries and so many ongoing things that are out of my control. I didn't do anything. I didn't cause them. But you know what? I realized because of those things throughout the years, I didn't know it at the time, but I can tell you looking back now, it's made me into who I am as a person, yeah. but also as a trader. Am I saying people have to go through a dozen surgeries to become a good trader? No. You had but, your path. Yeah, that's my path. That's my journey. I've had to struggle and fight for the most basic shit that we all take for granted. I take for granted still, but that guess what? That's my journey. That's my path. Yeah. I hope other people are able to accomplish and get to where they want, whatever it is. It doesn't have to be to buy this car. No, people want to retire. People want to treat their family. People want to take time off from work whatever they want to do, who am I to judge and tell people what to do, right? 
with their money. That's why I never promote some kind of lifestyle. Yeah, I never. Yeah, promote you're not promoting that lifestyle. I like at the beach and like, look, I'm trading from here. No, fuck that. Like, fucking bullshit. Like, or hey, look at my. You, you, what you do, and this is this is who you are from a branding standpoint. You're like a continuous education inflow of information and it's the and it's the i think that's the simplest way to put it because every time i go on your page there's always like a new nugget that like i'm reading and i'm like dude this is fire and i actually i end up reposting because i'm like this is this is such good content right like i'm reading one here it's like once you make money from investing and trading it's hard to spend because you view cash as an opportunity to make more not as a voucher to waste right and that right there is like i you're literally saying i'm not promoting a lifestyle yeah. Right. The long-term behavior versus the short-term behavior of consumption versus long-term yielding an outcome. Yeah. And to give you guys how much I think about all the, like of what I do, I'm a very calculating and forward thinking person. It works against me because I don't get to live in the moment. That's the I prefrontal. I, oh my God. It's literally stuff I'm talking about in my book. <laughs> I love this. I love this. Right. It comes at a cost, right? So always, everything, everything comes at a cost, but because I'm like that, I even thought I'm like, okay, look, I got this car. I love cars. It's, you know, it's something that I can do. I don't give a shit. You know, it's not on credit. It's, you know, it doesn't matter. It's something I, I'm okay with. And I'm like, should I even share this? I'm like, should I even share this? You know, like I haven't, sh- like, for example, I got married. I haven't shared it. I haven't shared, you know, the, um, the specific thing because I'm just like, should I even share this? Because is it going to make someone feel bad or make someone feel less? Because that's the way I look at it. I don't want people to devalue others. Yeah. You value your network. I I respect it. It's that collectiveness component of our, we're like, my friends are like in my, my, my social media team and and even some close friends and students are like, dude, you worked hard for you. You did the right way. If you want to share your passion, share it. Right. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah. I love this. It's, it's, I want it to be a motivation. I want it to be something. And I know everyone, every fucking guru said that, Oh yeah, I'm posting so you can, be motivated and then they'll have like buy my shit for $99 type of shit. But no, genuinely me, I can say if people love cars, people love, you know, the mindset, trading markets. I, I think, I, I think you should share more of the, the McLaren because I think you look at Mark selves, it's more of a motivation. Yeah. Right. And I look at that. I'm like, that's actually possible. Yes. You know what I mean? More, it more, more, it's more possible than that. There's more, yeah. you can do more. Exactly. Right? Um, there's a lot that I don't share. Like I don't share too much of my other businesses. Um, I just feel like there's a limit. So I'm more very conservative. Uh, there's a flaw in people's perception of things. People don't contextualize what they're absorbing in terms of their feedback like with the example, nervous system. I'll give you an example. My wife doesn't have to work. She doesn't work. She doesn't have to work. I hope to she I hope to got him in such a position she doesn't have to work a single day in her life. If she wants to, there's a different story, but she doesn't. I can't show that on Instagram. How the fuck am I gonna show that? It's not a dollar value, it's not an item. But that's freedom. Yeah. My wife knows that. My family knows that. Right? It's I feel weird calling her my wife because I've called her my fiance for so long. <laughs> but yeah, in fact, I, I called her my fiance like after we got married, and, and one of my friends were like, dude, the fuck are you saying? I'm like, shit. Yeah, my <laughs> wife, sorry. Um, but yeah, this is the fact, right? And and I made sure my wife knows that now. She didn't know that in the beginning um, because again, I'm very calculating. Um, yeah. And ultimately I can't show that. So there's many things I'm fortunate I can't show, nor do I really care to show it, but there's more to life than just a, a McLaren or a Ferrari. There's more to life than an X, Y, Z amount home with so many bedrooms that you don't fucking need. There's more to life than just all these things. Okay. I'm fully aware of that. And I try and strike that balance between 
I love cars, love bikes, always loved them since I was a kid. I will continue to love them because to me, they're an expression. If I had my way, and I tell this to my students, I'm eventually going to walk away from what I do at some point because, you know, I'm, I, you get tired at some point. Uh, some of the most brilliant people, I'm not saying I'm brilliant, but some of the most brilliant people eventually walk away. Why? Because they feel like they've done what they could with the time they were given. My time is going to come. And I say, if I had my way, I would just be traveling the globe, uh, not traveling in a sense, but traveling from racetrack to racetrack, racing cars. That's the kind of person I am. Um, that's my passion. I love that side of the world. And to me, that's what it is. Some people be like, you're fucking stupid. Like, why the fuck do you want to do that? Like, you know, go travel the world and, you know, go drinking, clubbing. That's it's not your, pur- it's not their, it's not your that's purpose. Not, that's not my purpose. That's not for me. My purpose is to help people. Uh, and in that sense, whenever I want to, whenever I can pack it up and do whatever the fuck else I want. We're going to have to, we're going to have to bring you back on too. Cause this was, I know this it's was, gone long, man. I got, it's gone long. I apologize. It's been no at all, man. Honestly, dude, this is, this is of- raw. Like this is what, like it just demonstrates your passion for what you've been doing for the last 12 years of your life. I hope so. I hope so. At least that's what I felt. I know Nick felt the same way and I hope our listeners felt the same way. Right. But we're definitely going to, we're definitely going to bring you back on, maybe talk more about the market as like a technical fundamental talk about the crazy. We didn't even touch on that. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. We'll make it a series with you. It doesn't bother me. I appreciate it. It's It's been an honor. I love it. You know, when you guys, um, mentioned i'm like yeah i'm gay my immediate answer was yes you know when um but yeah absolutely i appreciate love love having you know love being on i appreciate you know you guys support and reaching out and everything i wish you the best with the podcast is extraordinary what you guys are doing it's fun you know we get to meet people like you yeah and like i said you guys are doing things i can't do right so you know own that run with it right it's fantastic i wish you guys all the success and we'll do my part to, to support uh once you know, things get going. So yeah, we'll stay in touch. Let's do it, man. Guys, where cool. can, uh, where can they find you though? Cause this is really the important thing. Where can they find you, Riz? They can find me, uh, at multiple places, uh, at www.rizinternational.com. You can also find me on Instagram at Riz International. There it is. Cool. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for listening, Nick. I know we had a blast. Riz, thanks so much for coming on. We're definitely going to bring you on for future episodes as well and keep crushing it man keep inspiring the younger generations and the older generations too right i appreciate it it's been a pleasure (laughs) i appreciate it thanks guys take care take care